Stay connected this winter with this unbeatable deal from BreezeLine. Get reliable, fiber-powered internet for just $19.99 per month with all-in pricing for two years. But that's not all. Your first month is on us. This deal gets better with a free modem and installation along with free Wi-Fi your way whole home coverage. Safeguard your network from cyber threats and keep all your devices connected and secured with this amazing offer. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires March 3rd, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. Hello and welcome to Hysteria. I'm Erin Ryan. And I'm Alyssa Mastromonaco. Alyssa, as you can see, I'm wearing a black turtleneck today. And uh, as every single person in this recording session has commented, it reminds them of Elizabeth Holmes. When can I wear a black turtleneck? See, it doesn't. It, you're not giving me Elizabeth Holmes right now. You're liking like a saucy diva, um, not like someone who's currently in prison for, uh, you know, defrauding the healthcare of thousands of people. Yeah, I don't know, man. I Before I left the house, I was like, I'm wearing a black turtleneck and my hair looks kind of bad. I am giving off Elizabeth Holmes vibes. Today. Oh, no, you're much more, I'd say, like Bob Dylan beat. OK, you're being really nice right now. I'm trying to think analytically about when we can wear fucking black turtlenecks again and not have and people be now, like, Elizabeth today. Holmes. I say, God, I hope maybe when she gets out of prison, she'll dye her hair and we can be over this long national nightmare. Hope so. All right. Fun show today. Fun show, even though we do start with news that is kind of heavy. We've got a positive update from the Supreme Court regarding yep. the abortion pill. We have got a rage-inducing update from Texas regarding whether or not exceptions to abortion bans actually exist. Spoiler alert, they don't. Not right yet. And then Alyssa, one of your favorite guests. Evan Kleinman joins us, and you can hear her hot take on eggnog. And we also talk about how... Our retirees are really doing some good. Amazing. And then, of course, a Sandy Petty for the ages. Stick around. You're listening to Hysteria, the podcast for people who would be totally stumped playing a game of FMK starring Elon Musk, Alex Jones, and Andrew Tate. Gross. I'm so- Why would you even ask? Why I'm would you even sorry. There Disgusting. were three male names grouped together. And I don't like any of them. And that's where my brain goes first. So the reason that those three names were grouped together was because Musk, Alex Jones, Andrew Tate, and Vivek Ramaswamy. And Matt Gaetz. It was a summit of the most irritating and tedious men in the world. Um, And they joined a Twitter live chat together where they discussed creepy things for men to discuss, like how women should be having more babies. And I think that between the lines, the implication was that uh, white women should be having more babies. Did you see the grosser part of their chat? No, I I tried to, like, look, my brain was like FMK. That's how I cope. When you add these things to the outline, I go down a rabbit (laughs) hole. And there was also a side controversy to their group chat, which was that when Vivek was talking, he was also peeing and didn't mute. And Elon was like, do you feel better now? (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. So I read that. So you'd have to know it, too. And so does everybody else. That's You know what? And that's not even the most interesting peeing on a mic moment that's happened in the last 10 years. 
The jinx. The jinx is always going to be like Vivek. You can't do anything interesting, original. <laughs> Someone already did it. They did it better. You're never going to be copycat. You're never going to be Robert Durst. You're going to have to get to murdering if you want to ever <laughs> get to a Robert Durst level of notoriety or of being interesting, of being an interesting person. Not an interesting. Yeah, person. we did. We did have a pretty lively debate in the hysteria group chat on the FF, FMK results of those three men, and uh, not going to share that. Don't want to get anybody in trouble, but I got to say, I wish I never would have gone there mentally. Not great. <laughs> um, another thing that I saw this week that kind of caught my eye was if you thought that it seemed like U.S. women's national team soccer players were receiving mm-hmm. a lot of abuse online, it was not your imagination. It turns out that the U.S. women's national team was extremely targeted by online abuse. Which feeds into my giant conspiracy theory that there's like big, like a big misogyny troll farm behind a lot of campaigns against women who speak up. Pr- well, prove me Aaron, wrong. Um, oh, no one. This lady is not going to try and prove you wrong. But going back to the group chat we just mentioned, do you know that of the 7,000, over 7,000 posts that were flagged? 6,100 were sent from accounts on X, formerly known as Twitter. Hmm. Yeah. There are so many problems with how easy to manipulate Twitter is. If you think that Twitter, a.k.a. X, is any reflection of reality, it is so easy to manipulate. And we've seen it done in the, like, for the forces of misogyny so many times. You know, we've seen it done in sort of, Benign ways, but benign to annoying ways, um, like the uh, when everyone was pretending to clamor for, or when people thought that people were clamoring for the Zack Snyder cut of <laughs> the superhero movie, and it turns out it looks like there were some trolls or like some some inflated online activity making it seem like a lot more people actually cared about a Zack Snyder cut than actually did. We saw that during yeah. the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. Yeah, uh, real bad, and and a that lot guy. of people who should have known better acted like total fucking assholes about that because they were manipulated into believing that what was happening on Twitter was a reflection of what was actually happening among the human population. Um, mm-hmm. We've seen it, you know, in, when Trump was running for office the first time. We see it yeah. when people speak out against Ron DeSantis online or say something that runs afoul of, of his supporters. We see, like, a suspicious amount of blowback. And, you know, the U.S. women's national soccer team has been pretty unabashedly pro-human rights, pro-LGBTQ mm-hmm. rights, uh, yep. politically outspoken, politically progressive. And so it totally stands to reason that the same machine that cre- can create a just fire hose of hate aimed at Amber Heard over one trial uh, yep. can probably do the same to a, a team full of women who are speaking up. So I don't know. Don't believe things that you see online. Twitter's not real. Twitter, it's not Twitter real. is not real. But the people who manipulate Twitter can affect reality by making people believe that it's real. So, you know, That's a very good point. don't let the tail wag the dog, guys. Anyway, um, I wish I was good at making the disco siren sound. You know that? Time to talk about abortion. Here we are. It's what we do. Every week. But you know what? I wish we didn't have to talk about it every week. We would not have to talk about it every week if Republicans could shut the fuck up about it. 
But yeah, get out of my vulva. But they can't. <laughs> they can't. It's really funny, I said. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> like, that's quite crude. Oh, my goodness. Someone get me some smelling salts for that. Um, we've got to talk about abortion this week because people who are opposed to bodily autonomy cannot leave it alone. Nope. Cannot leave women alone. Cannot leave uteruses alone. Um, this past couple of weeks, we have all followed with horror the mm -hmm. story of Kate Cox, a Texas woman who was carrying a non-viable pregnancy that was threatening her health and lives in a state with an abortion ban. And the only exceptions to that ban are to preserve the life of the mother at her point in pregnancy. She's about 20 weeks pregnant. Right. Kate Cox petitioned a court to get permission to have an abortion. She petitioned the court to shield her doctor from prosecution, which would have been possible under Texas state law. And she also petitioned to shield her husband from prosecution. Yep. Kate Cox already has two children. Her The pregnancy that she's carrying right now is positive for trisomy 18, which is not compatible with life. And it is threatening her health currently and threatening her future fertility. So after a court in Texas granted an exception to the law and said that Kate Cox could have an abortion, human shitstain and AG of Texas Ken Paxton decided to step in and appeal the <sighs> case to the Texas Supreme Court, which is full of many human shitstains, all of whom had been uh, all of whom are Republican. And the Texas Supreme Court agreed with Ken Paxton and said that Kate Cox did not actually have a right to abortion under the Texas law and that the exception granted by the judge that had heard her case did not count. So Kate Cox has now traveled elsewhere to have an abortion um, that is is of a wanted pregnancy, mm -hmm. that is of a, a baby that is not could not possibly live, um, is of a pregnancy that threatens her future fertility and an ability to yep. bear children that have a chance to survive. Um, it's putting her body at risk. It is costing her family a lot of money. Uh, her children, she has two children, like I mentioned. Um, she's going to have to have, find somebody to look after her children while she does this. This is, this is a case that has made a lot of people that you wouldn't necessarily expect to be getting on a microphone and losing their marbles about how inhumane this is uh, and getting on microphones talking about how inhumane this is. Mika Brzezinski. Yes. Mika Brzezinski. She burned it down. All but called Ken Paxton a human shit stain on Morning yes. Joe, which is not necessarily a place that I go for the most uh, cutting-edge progressive takes. Um, but Mika Brzezinski is pretty much in line with feminists here, with uh, with choice advocates, with reproductive justice advocates here. Um, I also saw Hoda talking about this. I saw Hoda talk about it too. I mean, it is, I mean, Aaron, here's the thing. If you want to have a reasonable argument about abortion, this was, this was the case for Republicans to demonstrate, for the courts in Texas to demonstrate that they were humane. Mm -hmm. And that exceptions is, were exceptions. Yes. This is, and this is before they decided it was actually, people were looking to this to say, okay, this is where we will, we will start getting some guidance. Doctors will start getting some guidance on what an exception is. And no, no, no they decided that 
her life doesn't matter. Nothing like it is it is the most cruel and inhumane execution of a law that there probably has been. Yeah, it's disgusting. And I think that people are people are seeing this all around the country and understanding now. So it's it's one of those things that after Dobbs was overturned, a lot of people were saying, we said we told you this would happen. This is going to affect reproductive health care across the entire country. Even if you don't think you would ever have an abortion, even if you're so quote unquote pro-life that you would never terminate a pregnancy for medical reasons, this is going to affect you. And you know, that those voices were included in the conversation post-Dobbs, but they weren't front and center. And now, lo and behold, what are we seeing? Every single person in Texas who ever would need gynecological care for any reason is now seeing. They know. This is, this is, these laws, these bans are causing all of us to suffer. They're impacting all of us. And even if you live in a blue state, like I'm in California, you're in New York, abortion is pretty Mm -hmm. protected. If you're in a blue state and you need an abortion— and you need an abortion it, the, under circumstances like Kate Cox, you're probably right. going to have to wait in line behind a bunch of people who are coming in from other states because they can't get a medical termination in the state where they live. Right. And Governor uh, Kathy Hochul here in New York made a really good point when talking about this case. She said, be clear, even in a blue state, you are not totally safe. Like, Mm -mm. you still can't rest on your laurels. She talked about, which I didn't even know about, some MAGA nut job who wanted to be health commissioner here in New York, who could have placed incredible restrictions. They have power uh, over women's access to health care. And Aaron, here's the other thing. This case is the first instance of an adult pregnant woman asking a court for permission to terminate her pregnancy under an abortion ban since Roe was decided in 1973. 50 fucking years. That's disgusting. Uh, That's disgusting. I mean, and and another thing is like, this isn't the only case. This is the case that is taking up the most oxygen in the room, but not if you watch Fox News. They're barely talking about it on Fox News, which is how you know that they know it's bad. It makes them look bad. I'm not sure what Ken Paxton is doing or why he's doing it. He's not, I mean, he's not even getting airtime on his beloved conservative media outlets because they're all like no. this is really bad and they're like hey we don't know if you've noticed yeah. but this is actually not oh, where we're going i don't want to lead <laughs> with this one um i think it, it's you know it's in ohio a woman who's uh, oh, uh, oh this is terrible a woman miscarried and is being charged with abuse of a corpse because she attempted to flush the fetal remains uh down the toilet which I'm not sure what you're supposed to— Which is where she miscarried. Which is where she miscarried. Um, It was a 22-week-old fetus, and it is—like, this is happening everywhere, and every single person, especially people who live in red states, are going to be impacted by this. And here's another way that you're being impacted. OBGYNs don't want anything to do with your state anymore. They don't want to train there. If they're there and they can leave, they're leaving. Um, People in in Idaho are having to drive hours— to get prenatal care because maternity wards are closing. OBGYNs are leaving. People don't want to practice medicine. They don't want to practice their specialty in a state that outlaws an important component of their specialty. Um, Abortion care and the procedures, like an elective abortion, the procedure that, you know, of an elective abortion is identical to the procedure of you miscarried, you're carrying a non-viable fetus and you want to Move on with your fertility and your life. There's a woman in Kentucky right, right now uh, who is suing um, 
She's, I believe, eight weeks pregnant, and they discovered mm-hmm. during a routine exam, this is a very common thing that happens. They, re- they discovered that um, her embryo has no, heart, has no cardiac activity. It is right. not going to live. It's not going to live. The standard way that's treated, anybody who has ever had a, a miscarriage would, would know this um, or talked to somebody who's had a miscarriage. The standard way that's treated is with an abortion procedure. Now, you can wait. You can wait and see if your body gets rid of it on its own. Uh, but the safer way and the quicker way to move on is to have a DNC or a DNE or to take right. an abortion pill. That's the quicker way to use There is literally no difference in procedure between that procedure and if you had chosen to end a viable pregnancy. It is the same procedure. So doctors don't want to go to places where they can't learn how to do a thing that they are going to have to do. Without question. Um, Without, like, they have no choice. This is something they need to learn how to do to actually uh, engage in their profession. Yeah, and this woman— Yeah, and this woman in Kentucky is arguing that a ban on abortion that prevents her from having a, again— not alive, not ever going to be alive, never, ever going to be alive. Like, in order, she she is arguing that it is a violation of the state constitution for her to not be able to have the contents of her womb taken out with the assistance of a medical professional. Um, So we'll see what happens. Uh, We'll see what happens with that. We also have some movement on the Supreme Court and Mifepristone, the abortion drug Mm -hmm. that a single judge, again in Texas, decided should not be accessible. That fucking guy. I fucking hate him so much. I hate flames, flames from the side of my face, as they say in the movie Clue. A judge and former anti-abortion activist. We cannot forget. Yes, former anti-abortion activist and full-time creep. Total creep. <laughs> um, so right now, the state of the case is a little bit confusing. As everybody probably recalls, right after Kazmarek said that Mifepristone should Mifepristone's FDA approval should be revoked and it should no longer be available. Right. There is a bunch of like legal back and forth. There is uh, action taken, I believe, in the state of Washington. Action taken Washington, some, yeah. out somewhere else. And so there's a couple appeals working their way up. On Wednesday, the Supreme Court announced that it will review the Fifth Circuit Court's decision. Um, which would have uh, limited the point in pregnancy at which mifepristone is allowed to be taken. Also, but it decided that it would not review a request by the Alliance for Hippocratic Medicine. And that request asked that the justices consider revoking the underlying approval of mifepristone. So that's a lot of words to say that for now mifepristone is as available as it was yesterday. The Supreme Court said it's you can still get it. You can still get it. It's still okay. We are going to review the Fifth Circuit case, adding more restrictions, but for now there are no more restrictions, and we are not going to consider completely revoking the FDA approval of the drug. Mixed bag, right? Mixed bag. Mixed, mixed not bag. As, not as bad as it could be. Yes. Um, and this is this is according to uh, Chris Geidner, who writes a uh, substack called Law Dork, which I subscribe to and I really enjoy. Um, his analysis said that the three orders that the Supreme Court released today represent a best-case scenario for abortion rights supporters. Basically, if the court hadn't agreed to take up the appeal from the Fifth Circuit, then eased access to mifepristone would have been over. And if they had agreed to take up the Alliance for Hippocratic Medicine, a made-up organization, by the way, (laughs) uh, if they hadn't 
If they had agreed to take up that request, the case would have put all of approval of Mifeprestone into question. So, good news. That's It's good. It's good news. It's good. It's not. It's good. It's, it's good. Good. It's right. Yeah, it's, it's good. Good enough. It's the. Good. It's the best that we could have gotten today, uh, but we still have some future good or bad news. There's an inflection point there. So, that's that's the update there. Uh, I'm. I don't know. I'm exhausted, Alyssa. I'm tired of talking. About it's exhausting this. because you know what? The reason we have to keep talking about this is because literally every week. There is more happening. And people have real lives to lead. You know, people are busy. They're going to work. It's really hard to keep up with all of this jiggery, pokery fuckery mm-hmm. that the Republicans are trying to. They've learned no lessons, Aaron. Every election since this, uh, since Roe was overturned, America is telling them, not Democrats, America is telling them, um, you might want to slow your roll. We're not really with you. Like two-thirds of Americans are like, mm, we should have abortion. Mm-hmm. And uh, they just can't. I mean, Aaron, even in Wyoming this week, where abortion currently uh, is only available up to the point of, quote-unquote, viability. Right. But the good news is nobody lives in Wyoming. So no, which is good because there's only one abortion clinic in all of Wyoming. Okay. Well, I guess more per capita abortion clinics than there are in most states since there's 12 people in Wyoming and one abortion clinic. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) But no, Wyoming is huge. There are a lot of people in Wyoming, I think like 500,000 people, which is like 1 20th the size of Southern California, and they get two senators. Mm-hmm. But regardless, um, there's wa- a, a fight for another day. <laughs> Look, I'm sorry. I got a dunk on Wyoming. Western Wyoming, you're lovely. I've met some wonderful people from Wyoming. You need to be absorbed into a different state that can run itself better and not as like a tiny little like Bahamas where billionaires can <laughs> set up their little tax shelter lodges and have creepy meetings and make abortion illegal and and in ways that threaten the accessibility of the procedure to everybody in the United States. Yes, though some good news out of Michigan, uh, Big Gretch, not letting up, Love has Big her Gretch. small majority, and she is doing the absolute most with it. Yeah, on Monday, Gretchen Whitmer signed a piece of a legislative package called the Reproductive Health Act, and the Reproductive Health Act will safeguard abortion rights in Michigan, um, and it repeals a law that banned insurance coverage for abortion without the purchase of a separate rider. Amazing. And it's ridiculous that that existed in the first Can place. Can you believe, Aaron? I was like, when I read that, I'm like, wait a minute. So if you're a woman, do you just need to get the rider? Yeah. Like, what, or do you, because you, you, I'm assuming you can't get it once you're pregnant. Like, yeah, no, you it's like, to, it's like short. That's a, pre, then it's a pre-existing condition. It's like short-term disability insurance. If your company has like really crappy maternity leave and you have to use short-term disability in order to. Yeah. Anyway, it's like that. Yeah. You can't, I don't think you can buy abortion care as a writer while you're pregnant because it probably wouldn't kick in. Yeah. It's really stupid. Why, why, stupid. why don't men have to purchase riders for any of the things that they get that only happen to them? Like testicular cancer, testicular cancer, prostate cancer. Um, there are any of them. There are other like murder. Men are more likely to get murdered and do murder. Than women. And do murder. And do murder than women. <laughs> I don't want to pay for murder stuff. Um, it's. It, it, I'm glad that Gretchen Whitmer is on top of this, and I'm glad that she's bringing to light the fact that uh, abortion cover uh, abortion coverage on insurance should be standard. It's ridiculous that women should have to pay more just to be women. 
We're already contributing quite a bit to society, you know? Yeah. Also, we're already paying taxes on tampons, so calm calm down. Stop. And you know what? And our dry cleaning's more expensive. Our dry cleaning, our deodorant. Everything's more expensive. So silly. Um, Great to hear that. There's also some really interesting stuff happening in the Southwest, in Arizona and New Mexico, two bordering states. Um, Arizona had an abortion ban that existed, uh, that pre-existed its statehood. And right. that ban was overturned by the Roe v. Wade decision in 1973. Um, but lawmakers in Arizona also passed a separate ban on abortion after 15 weeks of pregnancy. And there's confusion over which law applies at this point. The Arizona Supreme Court is scheduled to hear arguments this week on whether the pre-statehood ban from 1864, which would prohibit all abortions at any state of pregnancy, applies now, or if the 15-week ban applies. Now, meanwhile, Meanwhile, Arizona is one of those states where uh, citizens can add referenda to right. the ballot and change the state constitution and basically pass laws by leapfrogging the uh, legislature. It's not as easy in Arizona as it is in Ohio, but right. it is possible. And advocates in Arizona say that uh, they're, they're pushing to get a ballot measure before voters next year that would undo both of the, ba- the bans. So... Exciting times in Arizona. Exciting times. Um, We've also got uh, in New Mexico. New Mexico is one of only seven states that allow abortions to be obtained at all stages of pregnancy. And it's a place that especially women, you know, it's it's a... It's a haven yeah. state. Women in Texas, it's the closest place that women uh, from Texas can can obtain reproductive health care in many cases. But there are some local conservative towns that are attempting to override state law by enacting their own bans, uh, which you can't do that. That's not how. Just stop. You yourself. can't do that. The state's Democratic attorney general is challenging the bans, saying they violate the state constitution, which prohibits discrimination based on sex. Uh, or pregnancy status. So we're going to hear... Very into New Mexico. I'm into New Mexico. Everybody who listens to this show knows... You always have been. I love New Mexico, and uh, I hope that the the right minds prevail here. Uh, Okay. Oh, the grannies are getting revenge. Alyssa, take it away. I am so into what our seniors are doing for us. Specifically, we're going to kick it off. Erin, we talked to Catholics for Choice last week. And this week, we're going to talk about some Catholic nuns who got together and bought shares of Smith & Wesson, a gun-making company. I'm sure you've all heard of it. Mm -hmm. So they could sue the company to stop making AR-15s. AR-15s have been the weapon of choice of some of the worst mass shootings in America. Uvalde, Parkland, Buffalo, the Las Vegas Music Festival, Pulse nightclub shooting, and Sandy Hook Elementary School, which happened, Aaron, by the way, 11 years ago this week. Mm-hmm. AR-15s are considered the civilian version of military weapons. Now, Aaron, I know because you grew up in Wisconsin that you will have the same opinion I do on this. A lot of gun owners and gun uh, gun manufacturers are like, oh, but it's for hunting. Aaron, what does an AR-15 do to something you hunt? It makes it completely inedible. It just, like, blows it up. and It blows it into a million pieces. (laughs) There's no reason that any citizen should have that gun. Uh, I have a question, though. 
Where? Do, mm. Look, we know the Catholic Church has a lot of money. I've been to the Vatican before. before. That place is basically covered in priceless artifacts and gold. Um, we did have a pope for a while who, was, who were Prada loafers. We, they've got a lot of money. <laughs> where did the nuns get the money? The nuns don't tend to I be the, like, the bling-bling. The priests are a little bit more you know the what, fashion Aaron, queens. Across this country, nuns are making and selling cheesecakes. They're growing <laughs> weed. Wherever they got the money, I am absolutely here for it. They filed the lawsuit earlier this week in Nevada District Court, and it alleges that Smith & Wesson has repeatedly ignored red flags and failed to respond appropriately to mass shootings in the United States, to which I say, agree. <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoy a little bit of an investor revolt, a hostile... A little hostile takeover yeah, by some it's like more, nuns. It's more of like a hostile pain in the ass, because I don't think it's going to be a takeover, but it's like, you know, that's... Go ahead, fight the nuns, Smith & Wesson. Yeah, well, I mean, they fight children. They fight, you know, they fight they'll fight anybody. They're for death. Um, okay, so how else are grannies and grandparents getting revenge? Erin, uh, you know, sometimes people retire and they're like, what am I going to do with myself now that I'm retired? Well, a group called Grandparents for Truth was founded to combat Moms for Liberty, and they're working to stop the ridiculous book bans and hateful activity coming out of this ridiculous conservative group. Grandparents for Truth, again, hearkening back to last week, a project of progressive advocacy organization People for the American Way, which was founded by television producer Norman Lear who died last week at the age of 101. He established People for the American Way in 1981 to counter the moral majority agenda of the religious right. These grandparents are out there looking out for their grandkids and for the future. They are getting rallies together. They are writing letters. They are doing the most grassrootsy, campaigny things that anybody could be doing to try and stop this absolute fuckery by people who aren't even moms and have nothing to do with liberty. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's big Jane Fonda energy, big big Norman Lear mm -hmm. energy. Love yes. to see it. All right, and that's all the news that's fit to bitch about this week. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we have a nice soothing interlude with one of our favorites, Evan Kleinman. For years, I just dreaded going to the dentist. But at Advanced Dentistry, I don't have to. First and foremost, they want you to feel comfortable when you walk in, like you'll feel it. Whereas in the past, I might have gone into the dentist and thinking, I might feel some pain at some point. But with IV sedation, it can be something that you don't dread. If you've been avoiding the dentist because of fear, worry, or just not wanting to be judged, you're not alone. Visit NoFearDentist.com to learn how IV sedation can change your life. Ready for an amazing deal? BreezeLine's fiber-powered internet starting at $19.99 per month offers the reliability you deserve and security you can trust. Whether you're streaming, gaming, or working from home, we've got all your needs covered with speeds up to 1 gig and our two-year price lock guarantee. This deal gets even better with two free months of internet, free equipment, and free Wi-Fi your way to protect against cyber threats. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires July 8, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. 
This episode is brought to you by IQ Bar. Power up your life with superior brain and body nutrition products from IQ Bar. Their plant protein bars are the perfect low-carb breakfast. Their IQ Mix Zero Sugar Hydration Drinks replenish electrolytes. And their IQ Joe Mushroom Coffees will keep you focused all day long. Start each day right with IQ Bar's brain and body boosting bars, hydration mixes, and mushroom coffees. Their ultimate sampler pack includes all three. IQ Bar empowers doers with superior brain and body nutrition. All their products are entirely free from gluten, dairy, soy, GMOs, and artificial sweeteners. And today, Hysteria listeners get an exclusive offer of 20% off plus free shipping. Just text HYSTERIA to 64000. One thing I love about IQ Bar is, first of all, right now it's really dry where I am. Oh, okay. It is hard for me to stay hydrated. I, mean, I just like, I, I'll just be going through my day and I'll be like, why am I so like... Parched. I'm parched. I'm in a bad mood. I feel like I'm going to pass out. And it's, ah, you got to drink some water. You got to stay hydrated. I really like their IQ Mix Zero Sugar Hydration Drinks because it allows me to rehydrate myself at a time yeah. when I feel like the atmosphere is trying to take all my moisture away. Well, and sometimes you need more than just water. Sometimes you need more more than just water. I also love IQ bars because I love a portable breakfast. I love a grab-and-go breakfast, no dishes. Love something I can walk around holding and eating. I like something I can eat in my car without endangering the lives of me and every other motorist on the road. A breakfast burrito, <laughs> not, not the safest thing to eat behind the wheel. IQ bar, go ahead and do it. Good for you. Great ingredients. Helps you stay focused and alert throughout the day. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, and you don't have to dirty any dishes. Refuel smarter with IQ Bar's Ultimate Sampler Pack. That's seven IQ Bars, four IQ Mix sticks, and four IQ Joe sticks. And now our special podcast listeners get 20% off all IQ Bar products plus get free shipping. To get your 20% off, just text Hysteria to 64000. Get your discount. Text Hysteria to 64000. That's H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A to 64000. Message and data rates may apply. See terms for details. And welcome back. You're listening to Hysteria, the podcast for fruitcakes and fruitcake lovers. <laughs> Alyssa, when's the last time you had a fruitcake? Well, if a Christmas stolen counts as a fruitcake, I had one yesterday and I made it myself. Uh, from the recipe that our listeners found you? That's exactly right. Amazing. Marzipan free, raisin soaked in rum. Amazing. I need you to share that with me because I don't think my husband will eat it, but I will. Uh, so good. <laughs> joining us today is a returning hysteria favorite. She is the queen of the L.A. food scene and the host of Good Food on KCRW, one of NPR's Southern California stations. On her radio show, she discusses the intersection of food and community. Evan Kleinman, welcome back to Hysteria. Thank you so much for having me. I had such a great time last time. Oh, so Yay. did we. So did yeah. we. Uh, the holiday season's in full swing. Evan, in general, what's your food role during festivities? If Evan Kleinman is attending an event, is there, like, a lot of pressure on you? Um, it's so weird. I'm a super introvert, so I don't ha- go to that many gatherings. Um, my close-in friend group knows that I'm kind of a really bad guest. So, <laughs> Wait, so my how, two... how bad? Do you, like, steal stuff or, like... <laughs> no, I can't be... I can't do nothing. Okay. So it's turned out that with my two closest friends, I just cook for them when I come over. So we pretend that they're making dinner. 
And then I come over pre- prepared to make the dinner. And, then, and while they're hosting their guests, I'm there in the background, kind of just doing my thing, putting everything together. <laughs> okay, Evan, I have a serious question. What are your thoughts on potlucks? Do you like them? Is there potluck etiquette? Do you have a go-to crowd pleaser that you will bring to an event? You know, I think it really depends on your friend group. Like, as I just said, my friend group aren't like big foodies or Mm -hmm. cooks, which just seems really sad for me. (laughs) Um, So I tend to just take control and, okay. and not encourage them. I mean, I have a friend that her idea of bringing salad is to bring like three bags of arugula <laughs> and dress them with salt and olive oil. Um, but if your friend group, you know, is full of people who are who cook and are adventurous, then I think it's really fun to pick a theme. Like even maybe pick a cookbook. There are Mm -hmm. so many incredible cookbooks and just say, okay, let's put together a menu out of this book. What do you want to make? So Evan, it's funny that you mention having a theme or using a cookbook for a potential potluck uh, engagement. Because when I was growing up and a very poor Senate staffer who made about uh, $19,000 a year, Everybody did potlucks, and it became our code word for diarrhea because (laughs) everybody would bring something utterly non-adjacent. You would end up with Kung Pao chicken and beef stroganoff both on your plate, and after our first couple of potlucks, we would just be like, where'd she go? She had potluck. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Uh, Evan, what foods are you cooking when friends and family gather this time of year? Do you have any meaningful holiday recipes that you and your loved ones have passed along over the years? And are there any any recipes or treats that are, it's not the holidays until we have this? Well, I mean, Hanukkah, for sure. So latkes, um, this time of year, it's like a Pavlovian response. Um, And uh, also for myself, I'll make matzo ball soup which I love this time of year. I'm a big soup person. Um, But, you know, it's really funny. I was thinking about my family and growing up. My mother was a terrible cook, a terrible (laughs) cook. She was like a super entertainment person. So, um, which is why I started learning how to teach myself how to cook. Um, So my things tend to be really simple. Like I'll always make my um, sort of... um, baby green salad with fennel and Belgian endive. And I dress it with a signature garlic Parmesan dressing that was at my restaurant forever. Everybody Uh. loves that. Um, People love when I make my ricotta gnocchi. I also make a lot of white lasagnas. So this time of year, you know, a bechamel lasagna with roasted um, butternut squash or Mm. kabocha squash is really delicious. Um, and recently I just actually, for Thanksgiving, I brought, um, Nigella's chocolate gingerbread, um, to a gathering, which I usually serve with lemon curd. That is just the greatest Mm. cake. I love it. It's so easy to make. And it's kind of that British kind of damp squidgy thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it lasts for days. Yeah, it gets better. Yeah, and it's what Mary Berry on uh, British Baking Show would say would call sponge. Sponge. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> she has a very specific way of saying sponge, and I love it. Yeah, this it's isn't so a sponge. <laughs> this is denser, but yeah, definitely. Amazing. Um, do you uh, – so here I have a question that's sort of like maybe a little in the weeds, but there's a potato latkes recipe that New York Times put out that has flour in it. What's your opinion? Oh, on I put flour. You put flour I in your latkes? F- oh, yeah. What am I supposed to put? Somebody uh, said uh, matzo. Matzo like, matzo meal? No. Why? I don't know. Why I don't would know. you use a matzo meal? It's not Passover, and it's just going to make it gritty. I always use flour. Okay. So I can tell my friends in, they're incorrect. <laughs> yeah, they're incorrect. Some people use potato starch. Okay. So Evan, last time you were here, we talked about TikTok, and you knew a lot more than I thought you would. Um <laughs> Any holiday food trends that you're seeing on TikTok that we should try? Oh, it's so funny. Right now, I'm so into watching cats jump into Christmas trees. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Me too. Oh, Evan, you've come to the right place. <laughs> that, I, that I haven't really focused on holiday food yet. Um, what's interesting, on TikTok, food comes across my For You page, but it's not, it's sort of like my one food-free zone, except for Logan, the kid who is just, the Canadian kid who's like crazy into Korean food. Oh, yes. I've seen him. <laughs> yeah. I love He's, watching him eat. Here's another question. So I actually love to read cookbooks to fall asleep. Uh, are there any great cookbooks that you recommend right now? Oh, there's so many. I mean- Give them all, give them all to us. <laughs> We're here for every it. year. Every year, it's just too much. Well, a book that I think everybody's talking about is Yuande Komolafe's My Everyday Lagos. Um, she's just an amazing writer and recipe developer, and she uh, she just has a marvelous voice, and she has somehow managed to imbue the vibrant sort of streetscape of Lagos into this cookbook, and. You know, I mean, cooking African food is the one thing that I haven't gone down that rabbit hole. I feel like I've gone so down so many other countries' cuisine teaching myself, but African cuisine, I truly haven't. It's a big hole in my self-learning. And um, But I'm definitely going to explore Everyday Legos and buy the pantry items, and it's really a lovely book. Um, I also really loved a book that came out called Parsi. Mm. And it focuses on um, this this community of um, Parsis who are originally Persian Zoroastrians who mm. emigrated to India to avoid persecution to the Gu- Gujarat region. And this book just tells their story and their cuisine. And I found it just beautiful and fascinating. Amazing. Um, okay, so it's the end of the year. We're all podcasters here. Uh, who are some of your favorite guests that you had on your show this year and why? Oh, well, I have kind of a cheat because I interviewed her this year, but it hasn't aired yet. Ooh. <laughs> Which is Juliette Binoche. I couldn't believe that I was Ooh. getting to interview Juliette Binoche. It's crazy. Wow. For that new movie, Taste of Things, which is just so gorgeous. So um, I got to interview her and Tran An Hung, the um, director of the movie, which was wonderful. So as Aaron said, it's the end of the year, and we would love to know how you usually ring in the new year as an introvert, self-declared. And do you have a go-to cocktail or mocktail that our listeners could try out to mix things up? 
Um, I, as you can imagine, go to no parties. (laughs) (laughs) I gotta tell you, I feel so seen by you, Evan. I feel so seen by you. You know, I go nowhere. I had a restaurant for 30 years that was open on New Year's Eve. So I feel like, you know, I did my thing, creating (laughs) space for people to be festive, servicing (laughs) their needs, watching them get way too drunk. And, um... And now I just, quiet time. A lot of times my friends are out of town, um, but usually maybe just with a couple of good friends or on my own. And then New Year's Day seems to be more of a gathering place. As for cocktails, I'm really into rum right now. Mm. And I'm looking forward to making myself some sort of different iteration of an eggnog Mm. um, in a shaker with some good rum and um, treating myself that way. I was curious if you were an eggnog, yay or nay. Oh, I love. I mean, who doesn't love eggnog? I mean, if you like custard, mm-hmm. so you like custard desserts. And for me, like Ile Flottante, which is that French thing of a iceberg made out of meringue mm-hmm. floating on a sea of creme anglaise. Um, I mean, basically, eggnog is just custard <laughs> with with um, alcohol in it that you get to drink. You don't have to pretend that you want to tip it out of the pot or the bowl. It's delicious. I actually just got some fresh nutmeg to grate because I find mm-hmm. that from the year to year, it's you just have to upgrade. It's worth the investment. Oh that, that's true. That's I'm, true. I'm thirsty now. Uh, Evan, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, listeners, since we know so many people are food insecure this time of year, we'll be linking organizations you can support to help families if you can. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas, Evan Kleinman. And please Happy come back new again year. in the new year. Same to you, too. Thank you so much. This episode of Hysteria is brought to you by Viore. Need the perfect Mother's or Father's Day gift? Check out Viore Performance Apparel. Drawing inspo from the coastal California lifestyle, Viore's products inspire others to live vibrant, active lives. I love that they're calling this the coastal California lifestyle. I will embrace that instead of what I thought it was, which was the I only want to wear comfortable clothes lifestyle. Yeah. I have to. I refuse to be uncomfortable I refu- if I want to be productive. I refuse <laughs> to be uncomfortable, but sometimes I have to look like I belong in a respectable place lifestyle, which is like yeah. Viore is perfect for it because they the clothes look fantastic. They fit great. They are so comfortable. I lie down in mine all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Especially, Erin, the women's performance joggers. They have a slim but relaxed fit and are designed with dream knit stretch fabric. I love my joggers. I've slept in mine. I've slept in them. Really? You don't get hot? No. They're very, like, on a a couch nap. You know, you have, like, a... Oh, yeah. You've got, like, maybe a half an hour in the afternoon. You're like, ooh, I've got a, like, small break. I'm very tired. I'm going to just, like, lay down for 20 minutes. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect for couch napping. Joggers. I love the leggings. I can work out in them. I can do my errands in them. I can wear them with a proper top to a business meeting. It is not a problem. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you probably could. 
Just put yeah, a, a totally. blazer and like denim shirt, denim, denim shirt, oh, blazer, yeah. leggings. So easy. 100%. And of course, the men's core shorts. They have a classic athletic fit, falling just above the knee, while the Sunday performance joggers are made from recycled performance stretch fabric. I got my dad some men's core shorts. He wears them to mow the lawn. It's perfect. He is like, I think my my dad is one of those people that just like beats the crap out of his clothes. He'll wear them until they're. They look like a security blanket that a 30-year-old yep. still has where it's just like a ball of string and you're like, um, Our dads are the same. Yeah, yeah. But um, my dad has had his for like a couple years now. And I think I, I saw him wearing them the other week when I met up with um, family on a, on a short weekend trip. And they still looked great. It was like, Dad, your clothes still look new. <laughs> so fancy. Viore is offering Hysteria listeners 20% off your first purchase. Get some of the most comfy and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash hysteria. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash hysteria. You'll also enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash hysteria and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Escape to Ocean City, Maryland and discover a place that just feels lighter. Where every day feels like Saturday and french fries are a food group. Where flip-flops are always in fashion and seafood is always in season. Where the boardwalk is bustling and the beach is right outside your door. Where you can rise with the tide and feel like a kid again. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at Oceocean.com. On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers. And welcome back. You're listening to Hysteria, the podcast for people who around this time of year, every year think, is there a way for me to keep my Christmas tree up until Easter or... If you have a fake one. Yes. Yes. But like, I don't know. I have a fake one and I really like it. It's so homey and stuff, but I don't know. Every year I like get to the edge and I never quite jump. You know what? So I have two trees. One has only birds on it, which I consider absolutely okay to stay up until my birthday in mid-February. Okay. Okay. That's fine. Bird tree. Um, Okay. Let's do our announcements for the class before we get to Sandy Petty. The second ever episode of Crooked's new subscriber series, Inside 2024, drops next week on Wednesday the 20th. This time, I'll be joining Dan Pfeiffer to give behind-the-scenes insight on the challenges of running an incumbent's campaign. To listen to this episode, make sure you're a part of Crooked's Friends of the Pod community. You can head to crooked.com slash friends to sign up now. All right, Alyssa, what do you want to, what are you feeling Sandy Petty about this week? Erin, I have a tirade of, of petties mm-hmm. and, and one call for advice okay. from our listeners. Okay. First one, I can't hear from George Santos anymore. He is like thriving and I can't see it. He's got to go. 
Okay, you're a scammer. You were in Congress. You scammed constituents. Like, get the fuck out of here. I can't see you anymore. I don't want. He was like carrying around some weird pocketbook full of money. So one, it was a broken bag. Needs- Whatever. He needs to go away. Caroline, that was for you. Um, The other thing, I read this article about how political campaigns are now going to be using AI robocallers. I can't think of anything worse. Okay. Like, yes. This was going to be my petty. I'm so glad we're on the same wavelength. No, then you go. You take this. No, no, no. I want to hear about your take because I think that your issue is with the robot calling people on behalf of campaigns. Mine is a gender studies 101, one finger up in the air rant. Okay, fine. So I'm just going to go with the fact that I don't need it to be easier for people to call me after dinner. Like, it does, it is, it is unacceptable. You text me now. You email me a hundred times. You have sold my data to everybody. Please do not create fake people to stalk me now too. I can't take it. I'm going to have to get a burner phone. I'm going to have to get a burner phone, Aaron, because I cannot take it. And also, I bet the AI person is going to be really nice and hard to hang up on. Uh, Yeah, probably nicer than a real person. Here's my issue. The AI robocaller is named Ashley, and I have had it with every digital assistant and robot being given a female name and identity. I think it is fucking sexist. It is fucking sexist, and it conditions people to think that a woman, a female voice, is something that they are entitled to boss around and be rude to. And I've noticed that people are, I mean, whatever, we we all notice that people are being bigger assholes than ever. Post-pandemic, something broke in a lot of people. People are assholes on airplanes. They're assholes in restaurants. They're assholes to... You know, delivery people, they're just other assholes to medical professionals. They're fucking assholes now. And I think part of that, oh, teachers, they're assholes to teachers. And part of that, yeah. I think, is that culturally, and it's a small part, it's not the part, but it's part of it. Culturally, we are being conditioned more intensely than ever that we can yell at female voices. We can yell at our digital assistants. We can yell at this fucking robocaller. Ashley better be a Lindsey Graham-style dude, you know? Yes, I agree. Ashley used to be a dude name. Make Ashley a dude because that's bullshit. It's bullshit. Stop making assistants women. You're right. I do yell at Siri and the woman on the Amtrak reservation line who I have to just scream, operator, to. Yeah, I mean, or, you know, give them like a silly— Julie. Her name's Julie. Oh, Okay. Yeah, well, Julie, if but you're, you're right, listening. But you're right, goes to your point. Um, but, like, you know, even if you don't want to give it a man voice because people have a hard time yelling at men. No, we shouldn't have a hard time yelling at men. Men need to be yelled at more. Uh, second thing, why not just give it, like, a monster voice? Give it, like, a silly cookie monster voice. Grr, give it an Elmo cookie. Give it an Elmo voice. Elmo, sorry. <laughs> Elmo, sorry. Elmo cannot give refund. Like, give it a, you know, why a woman? Why a woman? Make it Peppa Pig's dad. Make it Peppa Pig's dad. Make it Bluey's dad. Anybody. Just stop making assistants and robots women. We're not here to serve you. We're not here to such a, just, oh. Such a fucking good point. I can't believe that part didn't even occur to yeah, me. Yeah, you've got some internalized misogyny, Alyssa Mastromonaco. Uh, I'm sure I do, probably <laughs> against myself. I, know. I mean, how do you really differentiate between internalized misogyny and self-hate when you're a woman? It's one of those things that you're oh, like, does no. it matter? 
Maybe I'll think about it on vacation. <laughs> Don't think about it on vacation. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you need to put a pin in that and think about it during the first two weeks of January 2024 when we all decide yeah. to resume New working. year, new me. No, as soon as we're done with recording this, we're done working for the year. Yeah, we'll see you. Yeah, it's over. So don't think about that right then. All right, uh, that's all the time we have for this week's episode mm-hmm. of Hysteria. Glad we got to break down the news with you. Uh, have a happy holidays. Enjoy happy holiday. your Christmas. Stay your, how, Get some peace. Yeah, your, your solstice, your Saturnalia. Um, I believe that, uh, what is the night where Krampus comes out? I think that's already passed. I have no idea. Oh, there's, oh my gosh. As a, as a German-American... Yeah, all I know is Christmas Eve. Yeah, they have, like, guys dressed up like Krampus running through the streets in, like, Austria and Germany pulling away the bad kids. It's so amazing. People on Twitter, Mm. people on social media were freaking out about it because they said it looks satanic. But it's based on very old European pagan customs. Krampus is like it. Oh, my gosh. Please. I had no idea. Train your algorithm. I know. I know Frahule. Frahule is the angel who who shakes your... uh, Frahule shakes your uh, pillowcase and takes the p- the feathers out, and it's what makes snow. Oh, okay. Yeah, Krampus is not at all like that. He's no. very scary and mean, and he takes naughty children away. I think he puts them in a bag or something. It's very, very cool um, and extremely metal and awesome. Uh, when my sister hears this podcast and sees that I remembered Frahule, she's going to be like, okay, you really do need to clear out the annals of your brain. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Maybe. Maybe you're just like finding new inspiration. That's that's a good thing to remember. I'm becoming my grandpa, my grandma that I was always meant to be. check out my sweater today. <laughs> I want to thank Evan Kleinman for stopping by and chatting about holiday food. Alyssa, thank you for being my ride or die per usual. Listeners, if you want to get in touch between now and the end of the year or into the new year, hysteria at crooked.com. We love hearing from you. We love tips. We love feedback. We, we love it. Hysteria at crooked.com. Thank you so much for listening. And there will be more hysteria for you next week. Don't forget to follow us at Crooked Media on IG, Twitter, and TikTok. Subscribe to Hysteria on YouTube for access to video versions of your favorite segments and other exclusive content. And if you're as opinionated as we are, consider dropping us a nice review. Hysteria is a Crooked Media production. Caroline Reston is our senior producer. Our executive producer is me, Aaron Ryan. And Alyssa Mastromonaco is our co-producer. Fiona Pestana is our associate producer. The show is engineered and edited by Jordan Cantor. We get audio support from Kyle Seglin and Charlotte Landis. Our video producers are Rachel Gajewski and Megan Patzel. And thank you to Julia Beach, Ewa Okolate, Adia Hill, and David Tolls for production support every week. Escape to Ocean City, Maryland, and discover a place that just feels lighter. Every day feels like Saturday, and French fries are a food group. Where flip-flops are always in fashion, and seafood is always in season. Where the boardwalk is bustling, and the beach is right outside your door. Where you can rise with the tide, and feel like a kid again. Ocean City, Maryland. Somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at Oceocean.com. Your home is your place of peace. It's clean. It's welcoming. (sighs) And it's definitely not crawling with invading insects if you use Ortho Home Defense Max. 
Use it indoors on non-porous surfaces to treat and prevent cockroaches, spiders, and ants for up to 12 months. So your home can stay your place of peace, your work-from-home office, and your family's headquarters. Kill bugs inside, keep bugs outside, and love your home. Visit ortho.com for more.